With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. God bless you, you, and you. This is Z Jackson from Z Speaks. Uh, com, and we're going to be uh, continuing our call with the power of a praying wife. Uh, we've been coming together, joining together just to get a bit more uh, understanding about the men in our lives, how to love them, and in turn, we get to understand how to love ourselves. So uh, we want to continue to finish uh, the book. I, had, I did speak with someone previously. And I was thinking about doing the call twice a week because I've missed quite a few, um, not intentionally, but I missed quite a few. And I do want to catch up so that we can all be on the same page and we're not dragging everything out. And at the end of the call, I also want to try and do a meet and greet with all the ladies who, you know, found something useful or you know, saw some type of progress or what have you, just a meet and greet so we kind of, you know, uh, can see each other. That's all. Um, of course, by all means, you know, uh, you guys let me know what you think. You you know, I'm on Facebook. Uh, if you're new to the call, my name is, uh, my full name is Nzinga Jackson, and I just have people call me Z for short because I am so sick and tired of having to spell the name in order for, uh, you know, people to understand what I'm saying. Truly, it's another language, but um, my grandmother gave me that name, and I, I really do love it. And um, I am the owner and operator of ZSpeaks.com, Z-E-E, and I'm a public speaker, author, and life optician. Everybody is using the word uh, life coach and it's just so drowned out that I've decided to change from life coach to life optician because what I like to do is help people just focus in or hone in on what life is saying to you through your situation right now or even what God is saying to you, you know, through your situation uh, at that moment. So that's why I prefer to use that term. And, um, I also have another company where we just do a little writing for businesses, a business-to-business uh, service for people who don't know what to say to their audience, but they need to um, communicate with them through social media and those things, things of that nature. So um, either way, it's all about writing, which I absolutely love, and I'm glad that you were able to join us tonight. What we try to do is I give some sort of an introduction we go into prayer, then we read the chapters, um, the chapter that we're discussing that night, and then we go back into prayer. Sometimes I will open up the line uh, just to see if anybody has any questions or see what it is that they want to say or uh, want to contribute to the call. And then other times um, I'll keep the line, you know, closed or quiet just because uh, sometimes the things discussed are very, very personal. And, um, you know, 
just like when you're in class and they ask, you know, can I get a student to read paragraph three and nobody raises their hand. It's the same thing even uh, at this day and age. So um, uh, I kind of, you know, decide what it is I'm going to do at the end. But either way, I'm so glad that you were able to join us. Let's go into a word of prayer. And when when I pray, I'm expecting us to pray together. What that means is that you're saying, thank you, Father, thank you, Lord, yes, God, whatever it is that you do when you pray, even if it's an amen, you know, let's just make sure that we pray together because when we touch and agree, it makes a big, big difference. So I want to make sure that um, we're praying together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being God and God alone. Thank you for being bigger than anything we could ever imagine, anything we could ever hope, oh God. You're immeasurable. We cannot number you. We can't even figure out where you come from or where you're going, but we know that you are there. And we're thankful and grateful that you would be so big and so wonderful in your creations, and yet you would be so personal to us. We just thank you for being exactly who you are, and we love you today, Father, and we ask that you continue to bless us with your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness of every sin we've committed against you in any way, shape, fashion, or form. And God, you know those things that are hard for us to let go of, hard for us to come out of, hard for us to move out of, God, and we're asking you to help us. Help us to be who you have called us to be. Help us to do what you have called us to do. And um, if you would be so kind, let it not cause so much disruption. But nonetheless, let your will be done. Father, we ask that you touch every mind, heart, soul, spirit, and body, every bit of finances, and every family member of each woman represented on this line tonight. And, Lord God, we also ask that you touch their companion, touch their husband, oh, God. You know exactly who he is, even if they're not with him right now, God. You know exactly who he is, and we ask that you still touch him. Even if he's on the way, oh, God, we ask that you still touch him. If he's already there, God, we ask that you still touch him, no matter what status or what progress he is in or we are in. We ask that you touch them, oh, God, and that you continue to touch us, oh, God, because we also need to be women who are deserving of the new man that you will bless us with should we at least try to apply these things. God, we just thank you for your grace and for your mercy and for your love and kindness, and we call it all done in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, If you don't know, okay, I keep my Facebook open. I've learned a lesson. I would start the call, and then I would close my Facebook, and there would be plenty of messages popping up saying, hey, I can't, uh, I can't get on or have the wrong passcode, or I typed in me, Zynga, typed in the wrong passcode or, or the wrong number, or missed the number, or something like that, so I keep it open. So I'm not trying to be rude if you hear me going back and forth, but I just want to make sure that everybody who wants to get on the call can get on the call, Okay. All right, so uh, tonight we're going to be looking at um, his integrity. We're going to talk about um, his integrity. And 
sometimes if you get the definition of a word, it gives you a broader understanding of what it is. I love words. I love, 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 love words. There, to me, there's a story in every word, where it comes from, what it means, what the O on the end indicates. Like, I, I just love the breakdown of words. I think, um, but yet I know that God is so strategic that when he uses certain words in his word, um, that he, he meant it on purpose. Even when he speaks to us, he'll use certain words that we can relate to. And it's on purpose. There's a purpose. So I love to discover, uh, you know, words, even what it means in different uh, languages and what it meant, you know, back then and what it means now, all that kind of stuff. But um, the definition for integrity is the quality of being honest and fair and the state of being complete or whole. And that that's a that's a big that that second one, the state of being complete or whole, oh that's a big that's a big to do. And I'm not gonna dive into that because being made whole is something so totally different than uh just being healed. But um let's go on into uh the chapter. Stormy says integrity is not what you not what you appear to be when all eyes are on you. It's who you are when no one is looking. It's a level of morality below which you never fall, no matter what's happening around you. It's a high standard of honesty, truthfulness, decency, and honor that is never breached. It's doing for others the way that you would want them to do for you. One of the things about doing for others the way you want them to do for you is that you have to accept the fact that they may not do for you like you do for them. That's just a sidebar. But if you are a person of integrity, you'll do it anyway because you don't allow anything to change who you are. Okay, Stormy goes on to say, a man of integrity says something and means it. He doesn't play verbal games so you never know where he really stands. That's manipulation, okay? The verbal games, so you never know where he really stands. That's manipulation. Um, and, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be so evasive so that you don't know where he stands. Sometimes manipulation is just saying what needs to be said so you can get what it is that you want, even if it means they want us to be quiet, okay? Um Stormy says, he knows to let his yes be yes and his no be no. But whatever is more than these is from the evil one. That's Matthew 5 and 37. Uh, He will not play both sides of the fence to please everyone. His goal is to please God and do what is right. A man can be highly esteemed among men but an abomination to God. And we see this every day. We see this. We hear this. We, you know, some of us grew up with this, where everything looked good on the outside, but in the inside, you know, living with daddy was a horror. Or, you know, um, yeah, it seems like he's a perfect gentleman, and yet he's beating her, or he's verbally abusive to her, um, you know, or emotionally abusive to her. Or um, he talks a good one, but he never comes through on anything that he says. There are all kinds of ways that um, 
a highly esteemed man amongst other people um, can look good but can be an abomination, you know, to God. An abomination is something that he just totally, you know, hates. Not the man himself, but his actions, his motives, his heart, his thought. You know, those things on the inside, they always show up. They never, ever leave. They always show up. And um, what we have to be careful to uh, not do is, one, to make sure that we're not um, acting abominably, if that's a a phrase, uh, you know, in the sight of God. Yes, we're going to mess up. Yes, we're going to sin. Yes, we're going to uh, make mistakes and we're going to be in error. We're going to go through all of those things um, that we will eventually understand uh, disappoint God or, you know, hurt God or, you know, that type of stuff. But we want to make sure that we live a repentant life where we're constantly aware that God is watching and he is recording everything we think, say, and do. The Bible tells you that the angels keep constant record. As a matter of fact, an angel just wrote down, as a matter of fact, okay, they just wrote down what I said. And if we really, really believe in God, we won't make sure that we are women of integrity for them or for the children or for the man or for the coworkers. We will make sure that we are a woman of integrity because we have a real relationship with a real God that we really love and want to really get to know better. If we consider him to be our friend, even if it's not as close as you may have wanted it to be, or maybe, you know, you're just not where you should be, where where it concerns God, where, you know, God, your relationship with God is concerned. That's okay. But if we acknowledge him, we're going to be very mindful about what it is that we do and why we do what we do, because we understand even if it's not out of loving God that we, you know, remain mindful, we understand that it's serious to him, so serious that he would have an angel record everything you do, say, think, feel, act upon, everything, everything. I remember there was a story, you know, I always have a story. I was watching, um, there was this show that came on, I forgot what, what it was, but these people would die and then they would come back right? Um, and this man said he died of a heart attack, right? And that um, when he came, you know, to heaven, that um, Gabriel, the angel, escorted him to our Lord and Savior. And um, it, while he waited for Jesus, some people, these, these singers came out, right? They were female or in a female form as to what he could recognize, so to speak. And um, they kept saying, can we bring E.B. out now? Can we bring E.B. out now? And, um, you know, they kept asking the Lord, and the Lord said no. They asked him again. He said no. He said they asked him another time, and he looked at them and said to them, I said no, 
but he said it with, you know, a, a fiercity to let them know, don't you ask me again, which made me feel, feel better because as a mom, you know, I have to sometimes go, did, did you not hear what I said? I said no. And um, then they finally get the point. So it just helped me to understand that I could relate to the Lord so much, <laughs> so much more um, than I already had. But back to this story. So this man is telling this story of how he died. And he said that um, he went back. It was the best feeling he ever had when he was when he left uh, the earth. Um, he was healed. He was made whole. He was comfortable. He was complete. He did not want to leave. And when he finally met with Jesus, he said there was like this big movie screen. It wasn't a screen, but that that's the, what he could compare to on this earth. And it pulled up his life. It was like everything he had ever done. And during this time, he became, uh, when he was younger, he became, he saw himself as a school crossing guard. Uh, He would cross the kids across the street. I think he said he was in the sixth grade. And, you know, he would cross the others who were his age. And, you know, he did his job. But when the younger children, the kindergartners and the first graders, I think it was, and the second graders, the younger children came, Jesus told him that that part of his story was very special to him because of the passion, because of the motive, because of the love and the care and concern that he had for the children, the younger children, just to get them from one end of the street to the next. And he said that it amazed him that Jesus would tell him this, you know, this meant so much to me, you know. Um, And he said when he thought about it, he was a little uh, more protective over the younger children. That's what he thought it was. But God knew his whole entire intention without him even, without the man who died understanding his whole entire intention. God did, right? So they keep going through his life and all that kind of stuff. And lo and behold, he says, but when your mother died, you know, they're watching this video of his life. He says, when your mother died, you became mean. You became angry. You became somebody other than who I intended for you to be. And if you stay here right now, if I let you stay here, if I don't send you back, to finish your work, quote, unquote, you can't stay here, if you understand what I'm saying. So, um, you know, he, you know, the guy doesn't want to go back, but he says that, um, Jesus, the Lord did send him back. And uh, when he woke up, he was in all kinds of pain, and he was like, you know, I wish I could have just stayed. He said, but the next time I go back, I'm going to have something else for Jesus to view. They're not going to see me in my 40s being angry, harsh with people, mean, you know, not having compassion. He said, no, no, no. That's not what the angels will have to record. That's not me and my Savior will not even have to have this discussion. He said, I'm volunteering for the homeless. I'm volunteering at the library. Everything he could think of to show compassion, you know, he's trying to do because he wants to make sure that that is not a discussion that's brought up again 
okay? So it goes to show you that when it comes to integrity, because we're talking about integrity tonight, it goes to show you that when it comes to integrity, which the definition of integrity means the quality of being honest and fair, um, we have an understanding, even if you don't know the Bible, you can hear that man's story and have an understanding that God is so serious about our character that he writes down the words we don't say. He writes down the thoughts we never, you know, act on. He writes them all down, right on down to the words we do say and the, and the actions we uh, do. This is one of the things that helped me to watch my mouth when it came to my husband because I was raised by a single mother, uh, four girls. She always taught me and my sisters to be very independent and to rule and run the man. Don't let the man rule and run you because at the end of the day, they're going to leave. And she would say, is your father here? No. Well, I'm telling you, they're going to leave. So when I, um, you know, finally did get to the place where my husband and I were in a serious relationship, I was very disrespectful. Um, Even when um, I knew better, but because he hurt me, okay, because he did wrong by me, I felt that I could talk to him anyway. He better be glad I'm still here. I can talk to him any kind of way I want. I can treat him any kind of way I want, and he's going to take it because he's done so much wrong to me, and he owes me everything. For the pain that I felt in my heart, I felt that man owed me everything, okay, everything. So I talked to him any kind of way, and I would treat him any kind of way, and I would talk to him any kind of way. I felt like it in front of anybody, and I thought it was cute until the Lord told me that it was not only not cute, but uh, he was disgusted, disgusted with my actions. He reminded me that's still my son. And even if you don't like what he's done, he has apologized. If you didn't want to stay, you could have left, but you're here. So you're not going to continue to treat him or disrespect him. That's my son. And if you continue to talk to him that way, I have to reprimand you the same way I reprimanded him for mistreating you. I said, okay, God, but it's hard for me very hard for me to respect a man who does not have integrity, to respect a man who's not honest and fair with my feelings, with my thoughts, with my emotions, with my heart, even with my body, with my children, with my space. He's not honest and fair with me. And the Lord told me, all you have to do is be honest and fair to me. If you do it with me, remember that I'm here. Honor me. Remember that I'm watching you. Honor me. Remember that we have a relationship because what happens is when we allow these men, I say it like it's a plague, right? (laughs) When we allow these men, uh, or rather I'll say when we allow our emotions 
to take us to the place where we get disrespectful, where we start being uh, not so honest and not so fair and not uh, so moral in how we treat them. Um, We're putting what we feel and what they've done way above who God was, is, and will be for us. We put it above our relationship with God. And truth be told, if we consider the Lord first, as hard as you can be shaking, okay, because, you know, I, I, I know how it is to fight down anger so bad that you wind up, wind up shaking and tears are coming out of your eyes just from repressing the anger. And I've been there, um, you know, to that point. But when I started to really remember, you know, God is here, and he's watching, and your relationship with God is first. And the last thing you want to do is to have to have a discussion with the Lord about why you mistreated, you know, this companion, whether he gave him to you or whether you picked him, before the pearly gates. I don't want a discussion before the pearly gates. I'm sorry. If the Lord comes to me outside of pearly gates, I'm going to be terrified. I want to wake up in, all right, already in. But um, when, you know, when we continue to value how we feel as being, I want to say, more important than the how they feel because they did wrong, or they weren't integritous, um, then the process that they're going through has to be halted. And then God works on us. And we always say, you know, Lord, if this could just change about him, if that could just change about him. And God is saying the same thing right back to us, if this could just change about you, if that could just change about you, then all of this would be over. Because truth be told, we set the temperature for everything in our house, in our homes, in our relationships, everything. So uh, I do want to encourage you. I know it's hard. It's so very, very hard. So very hard. Um, but I do want to encourage you to remember that God is there. He's there. And there is no tear he can't hold or wipe away. There's no heart he can't mend. And it is not fair to allow ourselves to be consumed with our emotions. Uh, we, You know, it's, it's a sense of selfishness. And we have to be more considerate toward God. Now, that was for us. For the man... You know if he's integritous or not. You know if he's being honest and fair. Um, and we're we're going to continue to read on about him. That was for us because I do believe that in order for um, there to be any change with him, there has to be a change within. Say it with say it with me. In order for there to be a change with him, there has to be a change within. And that's not within him. That's within you. That's within us. Okay. So uh, here we go. A man of integrity swears to his own hurt and does not change. He will keep his word even if it costs him something to do so. When placed in a possibly compromising situation, hold on, I'm turning the page, he will continue to stand strong in what he believes. 
Above all, he is a man of truth. You can depend on his solid honesty. Proverbs 10 and 9 says, a man who walks with integrity walks securely because his integrity guides him and brings him into the presence of God. Uh, my, she says, my husband is a man of integrity who has had to take a stand a number of times against things he believed were wrong. It often costs him a great deal. I've always prayed for him to do the right thing, but not because he wouldn't have done it without me. He surely would have, and I want to stop right there, okay, because um, one of the things that Anthony says to me um, we talk about, you know, a lot of things, especially, you know, I mean, just a lot of stuff. You know, the times that we were apart, what have you, we talk about everything. Um, so um, he says to me, out of all the girls I dated, knocked down, quote, unquote, okay, all the girls that I, you know, talked to or, you know, were in a relationship with, you were the only one that was uh, concerned about my soul. And I believe in him so much so that if God didn't have it for he and I to be together, that he would still be the man that he is today. And I understand that um, my prayers, my tears, my frustration, my silence, my obedience to God had something to do with birthing that out. But I know that I'm not responsible because you can't birth out what's not already in. You can't give birth to a baby if you're not pregnant. So he was already good. It's just that God used me to birth it out. Did it cost me something? Yes, it costs you something when you have a baby. Even if you adopt, you're going to pay. It costs you something. Okay, so everybody pays. How they pay, we shouldn't be concerned with that. But everybody has a price to pay, right? So um, when it comes to this man that we claim we love so much, you have to understand and really believe that he belongs to God and that God has a plan for him and that God has sent him here packed up with chalk full of goodness, okay, outside of all other goodness, okay, God has sent him here packed up with goodness, and either you're the right one to help him birth it out or you're not, and if you're not, then you need to be available for your husband to find you so that you can birth out whatever it is that God has placed on the inside of him. Um, a lot of times we give up on love. We give up on a lot of things because we're fighting the wrong fight. And we don't want to let go because I already put in too much money and I already started and I've been doing this for too long and I just don't want to love nobody else. I don't want to, you know, I've been all these things. But at the end of the day, we, we, we remain unhappy because we're fighting the wrong fight. And then what happens is we get so drained at the thought of a relationship that, you know what, I'll just be by myself. I don't want a man or I want a woman. Not because that's what I really want, but just because I'd rather settle for a counterfeit than to have what God really has for me. And it's not just in the matter of a woman. It's a matter of just deciding to be by yourself. It's a matter of just deciding to have a dog or 10 cats or cars or teddy bears, whatever your, your thing is. 
we get to the point where we fought the wrong fight, we are totally exhausted and exasperated from it, and have decided, well, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather I can do bad all by myself. Well, boo, you are. Because nobody told you to be with that man. And you saw the red flags when God showed them to you, but you decided to ignore it. But that's a whole other call. I don't want to get off topic. Let me let me get back. Okay, let me get back to the man. To the man. You had you have to believe that he is who who God has called him to be with or without you. You have to believe that God is so capable and he is so able and he is so sovereign, meaning he has full authority to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, without you. Because when you look at it like that, you you stop saying it's a privilege for him to be with me. He's lucky he has me, and you start saying, I'm blessed to have him. You start seeing why you're so blessed to have him, in spite of some of the ways that he's been dishonest and unfair, okay? Uh, this, This whole chapter goes back to your relationship with God. This whole chapter goes back to your relationship with God. Okay, and and his, but yours. Uh, Let me find my place. Okay, so Stormy goes on to say, I've always prayed for him to do the right thing, but not because he wouldn't have done it without me. He surely would have. However, my prayers supported him as he faced opposition and helped him to stand strong through it. The Bible says the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Whether my children fully recognize it or not, they will receive a heritage from their father's adherence to the principles of high moral integrity. These are, there are blessings they will enjoy because of the kind of man he is. I pray they will pass on those. They, I pray they will pass those on to their children. Um, there's a chapter in Proverbs where it describes, I believe it was Lemuel, who goes to his mother and, you know, he says to his mom, you know, mom, what kind of woman should I be looking for? You know, what kind of woman should I marry? What kind of, you know, um, what, what should I be, you know, looking for? And uh, she goes on to describe this woman and, you know, um, in it, she says um, you, uh, that because of her, because of the type of woman she is, her husband is known at all of the gates. Her husband is, is, is well-known, okay? I want to read that to you. It's Proverbs 31. The words of King Lemuel. I believe that's how you say it, the prophecy that his mother taught him. This, that's the introduction telling you that they're describing what uh, Mama said to King Lemuel, okay? So she says, what my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vow. So she's saying, I know something's going on in that mind of yours. You, something on your mind? Come on here, talk to me. She's pulling on him. So, you know, tell, tell me. So he asked the question. And she says, give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. 
It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Now, look, don't y'all go and get turned up because mama is telling King Lemuel, you, y'all know mama don't have a, you know his mama don't have all the answers, okay? And you know your mama don't have all the answers either. I would hope that you do. Matter of fact, let me skip down all this drinking she's talking about, okay? Let's go to verse 10. She says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil, meaning he won't regret loving her. Okay? He, she, she's not a, you know what, he won't regret loving her. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth forth, she bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is, you know, I really want to transfer this into our language. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maiden. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise, is good. Her candle goeth out not by goeth not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So uh, gates are very important. Now it's your entryway to enter into any type of area, the back back way back when at, at this time. Um, when she says when he sitteth among the elders of the land, it doesn't necessarily mean that he is an elder. An elder is not something we think of in the church or, you know, the grandmama that's like 102 years old. That's not the elder they're talking about. The elders of the land are noblemen, noblemen who make decisions of that land. So she says he's known in the gates when he sits among the elders. So that means, okay, that he's not an elder, but he's welcome to sit with them. And when he does come and sit with them, it's cool to have him in. Yeah, send him on. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, let him have a seat. And then he's entitled to listen to all of the business of the land. They may even ask him for his input, all of that kind of stuff. But he has this because of his wife and why his wife is a reflection of him. His wife is a reflection of who he really is because she, Booboo, could not possibly get up while it's night, cook for the house, 
go out and, and, you know, bring her food from afar, buy wool and flax, and work with her hands. She could not possibly give to the poor nor lay her hands to the spindle. She could not do any of the things that she is doing without a man of integrity. It would be impossible for her to do. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do these things. I'm not saying you got to be up in there with a spindle and that you got to be sewing and all that, all that kind of stuff. What I am saying is that whatever you are destined to do, whatever you are called to do, whatever passions you have to give, to do, to be, whatever purpose you have, you will not be able to do it if you don't have a man of integrity because it is that man of integrity that's going to support you wholeheartedly without jealousy, without judgment, without throwing up in your face what you did last week, all that kind of stuff. You're going to need a man that's going to say you can get up to wipe your tears when they laughed at you to figure out a way when there's no way, she is a total reflection of his character. And that's why he can sit among the elders of the land. In other words, they respect OG, okay? If I got to put it that way, they respect him because of his woman. And it's more than her just having a big butt and a smile, okay? So, all right, let's go back to Stormy because I know, you know, I'm kind of getting off here. I'm a little long-winded tonight. Um, Stormy goes on to say, integrity happens in the heart. Excuse me. Therefore, being a man of integrity is something your husband must choose to do on his own. But you can prayerfully help him fight the enemy that seeks to snare him, blind him, and keep him from making that decision. Even when he makes the right choice, there will be a negative reaction to it in the realm of evil. Your prayers can help shield him from anything that causes him to doubt and waver and give him strength to do what's right, even when no one's looking. All right, I want to stop right there. Because Stormy goes on, Stormy, she mentions something. She says something happens in the realm of evil when your man decides to do right. First of all, I want you to understand that your man is the caretaker. He is the head of the household. He is the protector. He he is the direct representation of God. He's not God himself, okay? But the relationship that we have with this man is very reflective of the relationship between God and man, between the bride and the groom, okay? The uh, bride is the church. The groom is Jesus. It's very reflective even when we're intimate, sexually intimate. You know, there's the inner good. We have to go through some things to get warmed up, and maybe sometimes you ain't got to go through nothing get warmed up. Maybe you type chick, you already warmed up. I don't know. But you have to go through some things in order to engage in that intimate act. And when it's all said and done, you are left with a deposit. Okay? Catch my drift. Please catch me. You're left with something from his innermost being. You're left with something. This is the same thing that happens with worship. We start with, if you want to say, you know, foreplay, praise, 
okay? And then you get a little closer. You know, it's the inner courts in worship. Then it's, yeah, it's the outer courts in worship. Then it's the inner courts. And then it's the holy of holies. So, you know, he's talking that talk and, you know, the clothes come off. And talking that talk, that's the, you know, out of courts and the clothes come off and there's a whole lot of intimate, you know, kissing and looking and things of that nature. If you want to say that's the inner court and then when it, every, when the Red Sea parts, so to speak, that's the holy of holies, okay? Um, when we praise God, it draws us in closer, when we praise him, when we lift him up, it draws us in closer. As a matter of fact, if you've ever been in a place where you start to praise God and you start crying, you're in a place of worship. When you start to think on his goodness and you just, thank you, God, you're in a place of worship to the point where sometimes you may cry so bad and it may be unfamiliar to you. You may cry so bad where you have snot coming out of your nose sometimes. You know, that happens on regular. But, you know, you can go through such an experience, a spiritual experience with him. And when that worship experience is over, it's you that comes away with a deposit from God's innermost being. You're going to come away with strength with encouragement, with joy, with peace, with healing, and with instruction. This is why worship is so important because you're not always going to get what you need just from prayer or just from going to church or just from listening to a word. But I guarantee you every time you worship, you will get what you need and then some put you to sleep, okay? That's what I'm talking about. You get what you need and then some when it comes to worshiping God. So, again, the enemy has a clear understanding that when your man has decided to be an integritist man, a man of integrity, he knows that there's a change there is a change that took place. He really don't care about the act. The devil, he don't care about the act. Oh, he decided not to cheat on this woman tonight. He don't care about that. Oh, he decided not to go gambling in AC. He don't care about that. Oh, he decided not to put his mama before, you know, the kids, and he decided to check his baby mama. He don't care about all that. Or he decided to check his wife about his children. He don't care about all of that. What he does care about is why. What made him want to act right now? What made him want to do the right thing? And I'm going to tell you that sometimes all hell will break loose. And here's the funny thing. When the enemy is like, well, why did he do that? He knows why. He knows it's you. He knows it's because you, you know, making sure that you consider God and all that you do. And while you're busy working on your relationship with God and God is busy working on that man, so you don't have to do anything. You don't have to try and change him. All you're doing is becoming a better woman in God, with God, 
That's all you're doing. And in turn, everything you ever wanted is lining up, even if it's going through a process, even if it's hurting, even if you have to be stretched beyond what you've been stretched before. Stretches hurt. Trust me, I'm a big girl. I know. Even if you have to be stretched, it's still good for you. It's still good for him. It's good for the family. So as long as you do your part, then God doesn't have to stop and say, oh, you know what, let me slow up because she, she's acting up. I need to get her straight because she already knows better and she refuses to do better. Let me get her straight so that I can go back over here and teach this man how to do what he knows is right. The enemy hates it. So what does he do? He doesn't necessarily come after the man. Guess who he's coming after? He's coming after the catalyst, the fire. He's coming after you. But if you are where you're supposed to be, he will not be successful. He won't be successful. But uh, he will come after you. That's his job. Don't get mad. He's supposed to do that. That's who he is. He comes but to steal, kill, and destroy everything, including destiny. We think of stealing. When we hear stealing, we think of money. We think of killing. We think of murder. You know, we think of destroying. We think of a, a storm coming through and tearing everything up. No, no, no. Sometimes he just want to steal your joy. He wants to kill your peace. And he wants to destroy any chance you have of being happily happily in love with the man that you love. He wants to destroy any chance you have to raise your children with a good man. He wants to destroy any chance you have to be the forgiving woman that you can be so that y'all can get on with a good and better life. He always wants to to pervert whatever God's original intent is for you. And if you swallow that pill, then he will kill off your destiny. And he's satisfied because she she was here, but she lived a miserable life. I kept her crying. That was good enough for me. Might not have got her soul, but I surely made her suffer. Made her think her man wasn't good, wasn't ever going to be nothing. And and since she stayed the same, he stayed the same. Got him. Okay? That's what, he, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly how he thinks. So we just need to make sure that um, if we're looking for this man, if you don't ever hear anything else I said, when we're looking for this man, to be the good man that we want them to be, you know, the good man that we, good men we want them to be, good men we know they can be. You're not going to get a good man if you're not a good woman to God. You got to be a good woman to the man first and chase after God. Chase after him. Don't get, don't get imbalanced, okay? But chase after him. Read his word. Get to learn more about him. 
study. Go to church. If you don't want to go to church, you know what I mean? Churches are streaming online. Go online. Buy an MP3 or do something. But you have to make sure that every day you're trying to enhance your relationship with God, even if it means that you will not cuss him out because he didn't remember to take out the chicken and now you have to go and get dinner because he's still a a work in progress, okay? I don't know if that's your fight. That's that's not my fight. Won't nobody eat. But (laughs) that, uh, you know, some people, that's what they go through. Others, they go through something else. But the whole point is to make sure that um, you're mindful, and if you you you're mindful of God, it's very easy to be mindful of God when you are when you are actively participating in your relationship with Him a little more than the day before. If you told Him you love Him two times yesterday, tell Him three times today. It can be you're about to go through a process too. Yes, you most certainly are. You're allowed to progress at, uh, you know, God's perfect timing too. But if you don't engage, even if it's just talking to him, tell him about your day, good morning. Literally, good morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for waking up my children. Whatever it is, make sure that you engage in that heavily. And continue to intensify your relationship by, with God by getting to know more about him. I will say this. If you have the wrong man, he will leave. You won't have to worry about if he's the right one or not because if he's the wrong man, he will not take, he won't be able to, with, he won't be able to take it. And I don't mean like, cause, you know, I think I told you this before. My husband would cuss me out when he wasn't, you know, say, and I was. When we were married, he would cuss me out before I went to church. I mean, from the apartment to the elevator, cussing me out. The doors closed. I still heard him cussing me out. And when I came back, he cussed me out some more because, you know, this was a time where it was past his anniversary and, you know, services were over at 10 o'clock. Everybody was talking till 1030, which means I didn't get home till 11. And he didn't know anything about church. And he said, ain't nobody in church at 11 o'clock at night. You think I'm stupid? Oh, he wanted to choke me. I said, okay, guy, you're going to have to restrain him because he's bigger than me, and I don't want to have to cut him to get him up off me. But he really thinks that I'm out here doing something I'm not supposed to, and it's just you. You'll go through that. If that's what you have to go through, you'll go through that. But he didn't leave. As a matter of fact, he joined in, okay? Second, let him go with you. Now, whether it was to see, you know, well, whatever it was, okay, he joined in. But he only joined in because he saw a change in me, okay? I was determined to have God whether he wanted him or not. I was determined to love God whether he wanted him to, or not. And I was determined to honor God in my marriage to his son, to his creation, whether he acted like he was a son of God or not and whether he acted like he was my husband or not. And that's a hard thing to do. 
But when you love God, it becomes very easy. And fakers, they can't stay. They just can't stay. If they're not, even if they're just not the one for you, they won't be able to stay when you put in God first. But the ones who are supposed to be there, they will straighten up and they will fly right, and it won't be anything that you have to say or do. It'll be all God. And what I love about God making changes is that God's change is sick. When they do it for us, the moment we piss them off, they're done. I ain't doing that. But when we do it for God, and we're like that too, when we do it for God, oh, it's it's not, it's, there's not only a change, but then there's growth. I told you my husband cussed me out and that uh, he wasn't saved. And when we went to church, okay, now I got saved at, uh, or gave my life to Christ at 12 years old, okay? And um, I've always, you know, heard and seen and had spiritual experiences, all of that. I'm very familiar with church and Different things of that nature. Him, he went to church unless there was a wedding or a funeral. That's it. We get saved. We go to a church. He decides to join the church, right? Next thing I know, he's an ordained minister. Are you talking talking about two people, okay? One, saved at 12, knows the word, and uh, has a love and a reverence for this and the other. This one gets saved. Minister over the usher board, over the men's fellowship, over the youth, you know, the youth pastor, right on down to one of the, because when we got saved, there was a retreat. I don't know if you believe in prophets, but the Bible does say that man shall not live by bread alone, bread meaning um, natural food and the written word of God. He said, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, meaning that you've got to have a real live relationship with him because he's going he's gonna to talk directly to you. How he chooses to do that, sometimes it's through other people, okay? So we were at a retreat. They called him up for prayer. And lo and behold, it was saw, it was shown God showed this woman who was praying for him that my husband was a pastor. And I said, okay, God, I really see that this really ain't about me. All the stuff that I've been through, these must be the people coming. These must be the people that need, you know, to know that they're not the only ones that have to go through this process and that they can't get through it because this is amazing. And, um, uh, I don't want to make an, an official announcement, but I will say he's moving into that area um, as far as pastoring. And me, I'm not an ordained minister. Um, I served on the praise and worship team. I served on the choir and the kitchen committee. You know, I likes the food. I likes to be where the food is and, um, you know, those things. But it's just amazing how when you move out of the way, and just really focus on God, how things can change. I've been with my husband for years. I was with him for years before we got saved, before he got saved, before he gave his life to Christ. And within two years, 
he became a totally he, he became a totally different man. And now 10, 12 years, I'll say 10 years after those first two years where he became an ordained minister, I'm thanking God for him a few times a day. I had to look at him a few years back in astonishment because I was just like, God, the man even looks different. It's, I mean, I know he's gotten older, but it's so much great change. And now, whatever we go through, we go through together versus me trying to figure it out while he don't even know what's going on. So um, integrity, okay? You want him to be an integritous man? You want him to be an honest and fair man? Then you be fair and honest in your relationship with God. And do it, do it often. Consider him. Let him lead you. And uh, while you're taking care of your business between you and God, he's going to take care of him. He's not too hard for Jesus. I don't care how much any he likes to drink. He's not too hard. I don't care how many baby moms he has. He is not too hard. I, don't, I ain't even going to go there. He's not too hard, Okay. So um, let's go ahead on and pray because it's 9.02. I've been um, reading Stormy's prayers. And again, pray with me. Lord, I pray that you would make my husband a man of integrity. According to your standards, give him strength to say yes when he should say yes and courage to say no when he should say no. Enable him to stand for what he knows is right and not waver under pressure from from the world. Don't let him be a man who is always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Give him instead a teachable spirit that is willing to listen to the voice of wisdom and grow in your ways. Make him a man who lives by truth. Help him to walk with your spirit of truth at all times. Be with him to bear witness to the truth so that in times of pressure, he will act on it with confidence. Where he has erred in this or and other matters, give him a heart that is quick to confess his mistakes. For you have said in your word, if we say that we have no sin, We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't let them be deceived. Don't let them live a lie in any way. Bind mercy and truth around his neck and write them on a tablet of his heart so he will find favor and high esteem in your sight, O God and in man. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So that's the call for tonight. Okay, I did that with a little wheezing and a little toothache from this root canal work that I got done on Tuesday. Stay away from the sour candies and the red vines. Okay, I just just messed me all up. But um, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm expecting great things for you. And meet me here next Thursday at 8 o'clock, and um, we'll continue to talk. If you have any questions or whatever, you can send them to a Z, Z-E-E, at Z-E-E speaks.com, 
or if you have my phone number, or if you have my inbox on Facebook, just, you know, hit me there and we'll talk there, okay? I love you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.